Ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, we proudly represent Get Valiant number 195. What's here up? Here we man? are. The big 195, you know. It's, it's a good time to be here, you know. Hell yes, it is. It's a great time to be here. Josh, Eric, how are you guys doing? You guys looking uh you guys are looking like you. How are you? Good time to be here. I'm all right, man. I got I, I had I got like some migraine issues, you know, which kind of suck, but uh other than that, I'm pretty good, man. Yeah, other than the migraine. Uh, migraines suck. But uh, no, I'm doing pretty good, man. Uh, things have been going well. I'm really excited to talk about stuff. Like, um, I think we got a couple. Oh, my God, of course. Oh, my God. He loves to hear his own voice, guys. Yeah, <laughs> dude. I got him. I got him. Here. in the meme. <laughs> I mean, spoiler. He loves listening to his own voice. I didn't realize. I thought my was down. I thought my volume was down, damn it. Oh, son <laughs> of a bitch. Uh, no, I'm I'm really excited because we have some we have some legit stuff to talk about. Like the last couple of episodes it's been like, oh there's not a lot of news, whatever. We actually have some like legit things to talk about right now. I'm really excited about it. Not just Shadow Man number four, but um that press release that came out. And I don't know if you guys want to jump into it right now or not, but that's what's got me really excited. In addition, I to thought you were going to talk yeah. about like how Daniel Bryant is now on AEW and not WWE, which is pretty man. Cool. I'm just waiting for uh, best in the world to show up, man. Who's the best in the world? CM Punk, man. Come on, oh, dude, no, no. I want to see Strowman over there. Strowman over there would be great. I don't think Strowman would would do it. Oh, I think he was. He's he's kind of like weirdly. I read this thing where he's like weirdly fixated on the fact that like the WWE gave him a chance, and he's just like that. He's like really loyal, which fine. That's cool. They cut you though. <laughs> They'll probably hire yeah. him back now that everybody's going to AEW. Uh, I don't know. Sad, sad, sad stuff. Eric needs to get into that world. Like he thinks we need to get into card games. You know, oh. it happens. You know, you know, I'm cool to, you know, I'll tell you what. We had a we had a discussion about card games before we started the episode, and Eric just like dropped knowledge on me on this thing where I'm like, like I was like, I can't believe like things are like that. You know, like expensive cards and people are like make a living playing these card like not like poker, but like it's called flesh and blood. Is that what you said it was? That's the game that I've been playing. Yeah, it's Flesh and Blood. Yeah, like that. That's I think that's cool. Like, it, like the world is so awesome now. We're like so, you can kind of grow up and do like whatever you want. And I'm glad that there's like that opportunity for people where it's like you could just grow up and play like card games, and then flip your parents yeah. off, you know, for like, you know, pushing you to like try to be a doctor. Right. <laughs> I agree. That's pretty cool. But also the name Flesh and Blood. I mean, Josh, this you 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 hit forty. Does that not make you think of Poison, Flesh and Blood? You know, sacrifice. No, I, is that the name of their album? Yeah. No, I. You know, I was <sighs> never that that era of like <laughs> is not my thing. Okay. Like everything well, before that, though. Like when I was a little kid around that time, like I really loved like Priest and Maiden, and even like oh, some yeah. stuff like Rat and Dokken. And then like <laughs> when Poison and that stuff kind of got popular, I was just like. No. no, I'll just wait for something else. I kind of moved made away with the mascara, but yeah. Yeah. No, you the know, game Aaron is called Flesh and Blood. Albums for a really long time, and then like suicidal tendencies happened. Oh yes. Dry. So it was all yeah. good. 
I was just going to explain the game is called Flesh and Blood because it's supposed to bring people together so they can play together in the Flesh and Blood. And then so, punch um, each other and bleed. Yes. You took and my card, you bastard. No, that, it, that is cool. There is some amazing art in those games, and I wish more of the artists that did those creations moved over to do some cover work, some crap. Like, oh, my they, God. A lot yeah. of them would be kicking some ass on some Shadow Man work. Let me just say I that. absolutely agree, dude. Like some of the um the new flesh and blood set that's come out soon, they're just now releasing a bunch of the art for the stuff that's coming up, and they've been releasing these like landscape pieces for like the world the game is set in, like the lore of the game. And like those pieces, man, like if you got those artists to do some comic book covers, it would be like like with some of those pieces, like I could totally see those artists doing amazing dead uh dead side pieces. Yeah. You know, like, like some of that stuff is just amazing, and it would totally look awesome inside a comic book or on a comic book cover. I completely agree. Yep. But, but uh, so that's cool, and uh, so glad glad you got that hobby. My my hobbies work, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there was some valiant news in this last uh, week. Um, little uh, media news that uh. Some some things that uh, things that are changing in the Valiant um, back end there. Yeah, yeah. So David Wall is gone, and then we've got a new uh, executive editor at Valiant now. Um, Man, David, we didn't even know you. <laughs> yeah, right? exactly. You know, he uh, he would he would lurk our Facebook page. I'd see him like a comment here and there. And uh, I was like, oh, at some point we got to hit this guy up, you know, because he's, he's working for Valiant. See what is insights are or what was maybe coming down the pipe but never happened you know Rob Levin, we dare you to come on we're right now we're yeah. right there. we yep. dare you to. We, but here's what dog, i dog dare you so here's the three big takeaways in my opinion you guys can tell me if you had any others but my three big takeaways from that press release are number one Rob Levin is the new executive editor, which is cool. I'm not really familiar with a lot of his work, but I'm definitely cautiously optimistic about what he can bring to the table. Actually, more than cautiously optimistic based on a bunch of the stuff that he said in that press release, mm -hmm. which brings me to number two. There's going to be a huge focus moving forward as we not only finish out 2021, but also go into 2022, a big focus on um, the fact that Valiant is a shared universe. You know, he did talk in the press release about you know, you can pick up one title and understand that title and it will stand on its own. However, if you're reading everything, it is all going to connect and you are going to feel that shared universe aspect of Valiant Comics, which then subsequently brings me to the big takeaway number three, which is that in keeping with focusing on a shared universe, there is going to be a big event coming up next year that's going to bring a lot of our favorite Valiant characters together. And... Now we're jumping into speculation territory. This has nothing to do with the press release, but when we talk about Shadow Man number four, I'm going to make a case for what I think the next big event is going to be. Anybody else can make their speculation. You know, every potential idea is just as valid as anyone else's speculation. Bad but eggs. <laughs> Why did you have to spoil bad eggs? <laughs> but That's uh, actually but those were my three big takeaways from that press release and all three of them have me really excited because we've been saying and i know i personally have been saying for a long time 
that the biggest thing I want to see come back that, that I want Valiant to focus on is that shared universe aspect. I want everything to feel connected and not like, you know, each book is in its own world. And the fact that we know moving forward that that's what they're going to focus on, that has me really happy as a Valiant fan. Yeah, you know, like I, one thing that I loved about the whole thing is I like it when you, when you see an editor get picked up by Valiant and then you see the people that are like congratulating him. Mm-hmm. I thought there was like some pretty like rad names and thrown in the mix there, you know, like when you see guys like Tom Taylor being like, hey, way to go, you know, like that's great. Watch out. Yeah, it's like, dude, can you, can you put that guy in a book? And I mean, I feel like there's a bit of a like double side to that too, or like I remember a couple years ago being very excited for Heather Antos getting on with Valiant and seeing the people that were like, hey, way to go, you know, I hope you do great work. And it's like, oh, get those people. She never got those people, you know, and I'm sure a lot of that's harder than it seems, you know, like I'm sure it's just like, we can wish all we want for like Tom Taylor to be working on like Bloodshot or any character, any book, because I think mm-hmm. his writing is really, really good, you know. But uh, you know, I mean, we'll, we'll we'll get what we get, you know. I think for me, like the big takeaway also is that like like Eric was saying, like the shared universe aspect. I love that, you know. And it, it we have drifted far away from that. Yeah. Um, I I do wonder, like, is it, is it talk? I mean, like everybody kind of comes in, you know, and they they say their spiel and we're supposed to be like, yeah, pumped up, you know? And I feel like nowadays I'm like, we've had a couple rough years here where not every book has been like great. Um, you know, I want to get back to that feeling I had from like 2012, to, like 2017, 2018, you know, like mm-hmm. we're missing that, you know? I mean, we've had good books. We've had some, we've had some great books since then. It just doesn't feel as like consistent. <laughs> and that's what I'm hoping we can get back to. I hope this dude, and I, and one thing too, like, shit man like you know executive editor is like toilet paper with this company you know like it just seems like they go through them like crazy you know it's like let's i'm hoping like if someone's going to take that role on let's keep them here let's keep them working hopefully they we can do things or the company can do things to keep this person around because i feel like that's been like the thing that's really been hard for valiant when when warren simons was gone then we had um joe illage we've had um Robert Meyer. Yeah, Robert Meyer. We've had David. It's just like we need yeah. someone to like. Lisa's really- fairly been consistent. She's put out some great books, right? Yeah, that's true. It's like, why not? Why not put her in that position? Unless she, I mean, I don't know too much about like all the inner workings of everything, but it's like. But I just think we need someone. I don't know if it's executive editor or editor in chief, but Valiant needs someone who's who's kind of committed to the role. Creative director. Yeah. Yeah, just to stay yeah. around and be like, you know what, this is my job. This is where I'm at, and this is what I want to be. And it's going to be my job to, like, just keep getting people in, keep mm-hmm. getting projects put out, and not, like, someone who's like, well, I'm here until, like, a job at Xenoscope shows up, you know? Right. Until I could run to, you know. So, so Josh, you know, entertain me, follow me on this a little bit. How how was going to Legoland with the kids a while back? Um, well, <laughs> it was kind of a hell trip. Personally, we had a lot of weird circumstances come up on our trip. Other than okay. that, though, it's not that bad. Okay. How were the lines at the park? Not bad at all. They weren't bad at all. Okay. So that, that doesn't work with where I was going. But anyway, <laughs> so what I was thinking is I went there pre-COVID with the kids, and it was, was these huge, long lines, massive lines, right? And then you got there, and you finally got there, 
right? After waiting a while, the anticipation was building, right? Because it's like, oh my gosh, you're in this line. You're getting closer. You're getting closer. It's getting closer. Then you get to this ride and freaking Legoland, the, the rides are for kids, right? Like, even though I get amped up, I love my roller coasters. And it's just like, okay, cool. It went five miles an hour. You know what I mean? And it was kind of like this sadly let down, right? And so what I'm hoping is that we're not getting a hurry up and wait. I'm hurry. I'm hoping we're not getting a Legoland park ride, right? Where it's you know, this is the coolest ride ever if you were still five, right? And so that's kind of where, that's where I'm at. It's we're getting a lot of hurry up and wait, which is gets frustrating with the, only the two books a month. Hopefully we get more books. We're hopefully, from what I believe to hear, I'm really, really optimistic this time though, that it is this, you know, future event coming, this coming back to continuity. Those are exactly what I want to be hearing versus this is new reader friendly um we're respecting continuity but we're getting something fresh and new i'm glad i'm not hearing that right now because that is what we heard the last few times fresh and new but still respecting right and mm, so i'm hoping that something like that happens i'm hoping something happens like rye that really did respect and run with continuity something like shadow man that's coming in and it's taking where it built off with 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 jack and with uh baron smetty and it continues to run with that so i'm hoping that we're getting stuff that kind of flow with what's happened before in to a degree a seamless piece maybe we forget about recent exo and stuff that's recently happened with some of these books and it was all a dream and we start from something brand new but 2022 it's actually not that far away we're freaking already in august just hoping that we're getting a lot more right i'm hoping that this the stuff comes around that this um ninjack had a good story shadow man has been good um and that we can move move forward in the right direction. We can get some new things and see what happens with Harbinger. But really that event that they've kind of teased in 2022 is where my hopes and dreams are lying. And I hope nobody throws those down the toilet and flushes the shit out of it. <laughs> well, I just, you know, to kind of build on what you're saying there, you know, about continuity, I just want to point out, like, I feel like with Shadow Man, with, um, you know, Rye, of course, with the new Ninjak book, you know, there are a lot of these books that we've been getting, you know, even over, you know, when we say like, you know, the last couple of years have been a bit of a struggle. We've had some books that weren't as, you know, like they weren't quite what we were hoping they would be. They didn't um, follow continuity the way we hoped they would. Some of the books that have come out most recently, um, like Shadow Man, like Ninjak, for example, have these storylines that build directly on the continuity that we all know and love. Um, you know, with Ninjak, you know, I think there's a, um, the art is kind of divisive, you know, it's kind of controversial. You either love it or you, or you don't. And, um, you know, that's its own thing. But looking at it just purely from a story perspective, the writing on that book is completely 100% in line with Everything that's happened before from Matt Kent's run, Christos Gage's run, comes straight into this brand new run with Jeff Parker. And I feel like it it perfectly follows what's come before. And I would say the same thing about Shadow Man. I feel like, you know, this is the same Jack. This is the same Shadow Man, the same Baron Samedi that we've seen in the previous runs. And it's really feeling like we're we're not only just 
you know, acknowledging that previous continuity happened, but genuinely directly building on that previous continuity. And that's what I hope that we see more of. Obviously, you know, I think that there's a case to be made that XO hasn't quite done that in the way a lot of fans hoped. But we also know that, you know, there were some mentions of the, the current titles that are going to continue into the new year next year. And EXO wasn't mentioned as one of them. And I, again, this is a speculation, but EXO wasn't mentioned as one of them. We know he's a tentpole character. So I would speculate that there's a good chance we're going to see a new EXO Manoir next year that could potentially, if things work out the way I'm hoping they do, and I think that I can, you know, to a certain degree speak for you guys as well, that, you know, we would all hope that if a new EXO does come out next year, that it does respect the Venditti run and the Kent run and, you know, really build on that continuity of the character and feel like it's set within the Valiant universe, not just a guy who looks like XO and has the name Arik. So, I don't know. I think the recent books that we've gotten have really been moving in the direction that I want the line to be moving. And I just hope that with all of the things the new editor is saying that I want to hear, I'm hoping that things continue moving in that direction. Does, does, X, does Exo's newest armor have to stay in that design? You think? I'm cool with it. I like his new armor. I know I'm not. I'm not necessarily. Uh, nobody. Not everybody agrees with me. But <laughs> again, that that ad that ad showed up in this issue again, and I fucking loved it, man. Like I love that that art. Who is that? It's um. I want to say Rock Force. Is, Rock Kirk- is it the Kirkham? Yeah, Kirkham. His there you go. Great. So, I mean, like, if you can just make sure that the artist is always like rad, you know, yeah, that's great, you know. But like, I don't know. Emilio Lyso's art is amazing. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying though, like, I mean, like, it. I really like the old look. You know, I, I do too. But I'm I not mean, argue that. Like, yeah, it's awesome. But I just don't mind the new look. I think the new look is good too. My only like issues with the new story is just that continuity piece that we that we kind of touched on before and then in you know that this new press release kind of makes me hope that the line is going to go back to is that idea of the shared universe that respecting of what's come before to a degree that it maybe hasn't been over these last few years and um yeah i'm really hopeful for that and i think that there's a, a good chance that we're going to get it now will it happen i don't know any more than anyone else does and um it remains to be seen, but I'm definitely hopeful. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm pretty optimistic, too. Yep. You know who is not optimistic? Who? Joshua Dysart. <laughs> no, just oh, no. Um, so there was that. I wanted to get your guys' take on that. that I mean, it, take it with a grain of salt came from Bleeding Cool, but there was, like, I think you said, Josh, that there was something that was retweeted by somebody of source. Um about this uh, kind of like uh, getting uh, royalties off of the, the characters that are drawn and something that hasn't happened. So kind of a, a weird take on what's uh, what's going on in the back end. Yeah, you know, because from what I had read about it, Josh got paid, I want to say like in 2015, for like a treatment that was written for the Harbinger movie, the potential Harbinger movie. And he made a good chunk of them. I mean, like when he said like what – he actually came out and said like what he got, which I thought was really interesting because a lot of times – most of these people that come out and they're like, oh, my work on this book is getting optioned or this book is getting optioned. And you don't hear shit about the money. And Josh was like, I made like, I think he said he got like $20,000. Okay. I, like I remember that too. 20 grand. Just because, you know, we're, we're going to base the story off your 
what you did with that with Harbinger, which I thought that was great. That was really good of him. And he didn't really hold back. You know, he was like, um, you know, he's like, now that the, the stuff's over at a different studio, he's like, we haven't heard anything. He's like, am I supposed to get paid again? He's like, is Jim Shooter and David Lapham ever going to get paid? Um, things like that got brought up, you know. And it, it was kind of a bummer, you know, because I know that things have changed with ownership. But then it seemed like a lot of people started chiming in that have worked with the company, Jody Hauser and Dwayne Straczynski, and even like Brett Booth had had a, an opinion on it, you know. And it's a bummer, you know, because uh, you always want to know, you always want to hope that like, you know, the, the horse you back or the company that you support, you know, they're doing everything by the contract. And I think it brings up the question of whether like, if the contract has been state, if, 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 if they've done everything contractually that they're, they're supposed to, do they owe it additionally to do anything more, you know? And, you know, that's a, that's a hard thing to swallow, you know? Partially, I think, like, there's a part of me that's like, it's not going to happen. We're not going to get a Harbinger movie anytime soon. I know there's one supposedly in the works. I'm going to be not optimistic on that one. That's just me. But, uh... I don't know. I mean, I hope Josh gets paid. He's a good. He's a good guy. I hope everybody gets paid, though. You know, like Shooter and Lapham, and you know, all the guys that did anything for Valiant. If, if you know, the Bloodshot movie. You know, I, I would like to think that Dwayne Sprzynski would have got paid, or even mentioned in like the thank yous on the movie. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, the, the two, my two biggest takeaways, I guess, um, from not only the article that was published, but also seeing um, Josh Dysart did make a post on Facebook about it where he kind of went a little bit more in depth and, um, you know, kind of said his piece on it from his own perspective as opposed to, you know, exactly quite, instead of just relying on sharing the article, he went more in depth on his feelings and his experience and his expectations. And I guess the two things that, you know, a lot of people have really responded to this, like, oh, Valiant is... Uh, the new ownership is, you know, wronging their creators, and it would all be different if uh, Dinesh was still in charge. But the two things that I notice that kind of um, don't jive with that reaction are that, number one, the contracts themselves, the original contracts drawn up, signed by Dinesh and company, as well as these creators, Dysart included, the language, if the language in the article is correct, and it seems based on what even Dicer posted, it wasn't misrepresented in the article, then those original contracts essentially meant nothing anyway. All they really said is, we're signing to say that we could pay you if we choose to, and if we choose to pay you, we'll pay you whatever we decide. And that's all the contract said. So like to sign a piece of paper that says, we might pay you if we want to. And if we choose that we are going to pay you, it'll be an amount that we decide at our own discretion. Like that's not a very solid contract to really like base any expectations on from my perspective. If I really thought that I deserved to get something for my work and I really wanted to be able to expect that, I wouldn't have signed until the language was changed in the contract to say you will get paid and this is the percentage that you are going to get paid that contract I would sign. So that's piece number one. Piece number two is that a lot of these transactions that, that, that are being discussed in this article and by Josh Dysart, well, not a lot, but some of those transactions for which the creators that expected to get paid weren't paid happened under the old leadership. So it's not just that 
everything was hunky dory until the the takeover and the changing of the guard. It's that even during the old leadership, the the payouts weren't happening as some people thought they should, and that trend continued when the new management took over. Now it's a whole other conversation to say should the new management be making those payments, um, and I'm not you know trying to weigh in on that with what I'm saying right now. I'm just saying that I want people to remember that number one, the contract was. Uh, about as you know, firm as water. And two, it's not just the new management that's to blame for this. It, it, this is a, a pattern that has continued since old management was in power. So, you know, that was stuff that I really wondered about reading through all this stuff because I had taken a, a lot of time to kind of read through a lot of the comments on people who are were chiming in. You know, and it's like Jody Hauser hasn't really done a lot of work with Valiant post Dinesh. There was like one miniseries. But she had made a comment about how, like, you know, she had to fight really hard to get, like, some royalties on her work. And it's like Dwayne Straczynski hasn't worked for the company in years. And, you know, and and he had grievances. And it's like – and I I mean, like, I don't have – I don't have access to anything. So, I mean, for me, it's just, like, fan speculation. Um, as a fan who really isn't, like, invested in all this stuff, you know, like, I really love Valiant. I love the idea of, like, what everything – of like, of what brought all this together, you know, like – you know, a guy who got the properties and got a bunch of guys who weren't really doing like the greatest work in the world. And they turned around and they made a lot of stuff that a ton of fans really enjoy, you know, and we're all passionate about it. And I like to think that everybody is great. It's easy to vilify DMG because they make it pretty easy. You know, I mean, the, I mean, I, I, a lot of things are just different now than they used to be, you know I mean? You know, to get a gold book used to be just be a fan who st stood out for the company, you know, and did something. And now it's like, go give your comic shop 50 bucks and maybe they'll get it for you. You know, it's, it's kind of disappointing, you know, but like, you know, things change. But then like when I read about these old other creators that I'm like, they would have been taken care of back in the day. Right. And I just don't know if it's just oversight or if there's just something different in the language or what, you know, I don't know when the language is created in those contracts or what everybody's contract is like. It's hard for me to speculate on that stuff, you know, but it just, it kind of sucks when you like see how it is. It's like things maybe haven't been going right all the time, you know, for not for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> so it just sucks, you know. It, it, it is an interesting ordeal. I mean, it's the business side of it, which can get murky, can get gray, can get ugly, can get dirty. Um, you know, and then when uh, when the regimes change, like things change, it changes. You know, who knows what was written in the contracts, if it was a handshake or not. You know, um, I you know I I just hope people get their fair. You know, what's fair on it, what was agreed and written and signed for. I hope that that stays true. And if it, that's not that not the case, then I'm pretty sure there will be some sort of litigation or lawsuit happening and uh, that would suck. And that would be another black eye on the, the DMG piece to it. So I would like to think that they wouldn't put themselves in a spot to definitely have to deal with that side of it um, outside of this. Like you're not withholding uh, a gentleman's agreement. Um, you know, I, I don't think that they want that press within this community because they kind of like you, I think Eric said, it's easy to kind of, you know, frown upon on what DMG's done um, on where they're at. Um, but, you know, I hope I hope whatever it is, it gets looked at, it gets moved forward. I do hope we get to see some Harbinger movies, some more Valiant stuff outside of just the comics. But I, coming back, I'm here for the comics. Please produce some comics for me. Yeah. So, yeah. 
Yeah. Well, and, you know, I mean, this is something we've talked about a bunch of times, but it would be awesome to see more books on the shelves. You know, Scott was saying in the comments, you know, it'd be nice to have a book every week. And I definitely would be a big fan of that. So, you, you know, we'll see what happens if this uh, focus on the shared universe and ramp up to a big event next year means we're getting more books. That would be great. If it doesn't mean that, as long as the books that we are getting are as good as possible, you know, then at least that there that is something to feel good about. Um, because if we're only getting two books a month and they end up being fluff, they end up being, you know, you know, um, out of continuity, contrary to known continuity, or you know, just disrespectful of of the fans and and their passion for these characters. That would definitely be a big disappointment, but um, you know. So hopefully that's not what we get. Hopefully we do get, you know, passion for this universe, care for these characters, and um, you know, quality stories that move the universe forward in a in a positive direction. Yep. So, I mean, but we'll find out. You know, I mean, there's not really much to do other than you know just kind of wait and see what happens. Um, do you guys want to uh, talk about this book? Yeah. Which one? Shadow Man. What was that, Eric? What was that? Shadow Man. Shadow Man. <laughs> Spoiler. Read the crap. We're going to spoil it. And uh, anybody want to touch base on some creators? Shadow Man, written by Colin Bunn, art by John Davis Hunt, colors by Jordi Belair, letters by Clayton Cowles. Uh, Yep. Yeah. Some, some uh, pretty dope covers ahead. Um, I uh, the, I think this book really brought in some good covers to go with. So loving the horror element. Like this one is just freaking awesome. <laughs> That's so cool. That is so fucking cool. Um, but I do love that they have these John Davis Hunt covers. Like that is awesome to me because – one thing I love, as much as I love like a guest artist coming in, like an amazing artist, like whether it's Kirkham or, um, you know, I was talking before about, um, you know, like uh, some of those, um, oh my God, now I'm blanking on his name. And I just said, Rockefort did a bunch of those Dr. Tomorrow covers. And, you know, we've had amazing artists do some of these really awesome covers for the books that they're not doing interiors for. And that's awesome. But when you have an artist like John Davis Hunt, who is kind of redefining the look of this character in a really awesome way, I'm really glad that we're getting, you know, his covers on these books too. Yeah. It's good to see interior art represented on the cover. I think, you know, like, you know, I was a big fan of that when I was a kid where it's like, Oh, look at that cover. It's awesome. And that, that guy is also doing the interiors. Like, yes. Yeah. Again, I love varying covers by other artists that are really cool. Like that one with the stuff coming out of its mouth, that cover's fucking amazing. Um, the horror one with the big-ass monster and Samedi and uh, Shadow Man in a boat, really fucking cool. All these covers are awesome, but that John Davis Hunt one is just so good. And I want to see also, that as a foil variant. It also ties into the issue, right? Like, like yeah. that reminds me of a specific scene in the issue, and like I think that's really cool that it, it feels like the, the book – it's done by the artist who did the book. I just think that's really cool and just wanted yeah. to. I think we yeah. could continue talking about John Davis Hunt's art, um, oh. you know, that we haven't kind of said already, but fan effing tastic. Um, mm. Yeah, I, I believe there's, I think there was only one scene that really 
you know, panel that really threw me off. And I think that was page three when there's some random dude laying on the ground and he's in no panel before, no panel after. It's just all of a sudden some dude laying on the ground in one panel, no dialogue to it. And they go to other panels. So it was just, that was the only one that threw me off. It was drawn well, but it was just didn't make sense. Yeah, I thought the opening uh, couple pages were so twisted and dark and, and kind of disturbing, you know, like this this thing from the oh. death side that like um, it has like this ability to almost be its reaction or the reaction people get from it is like that of like a hallucinogenic uh, drug reaction, you know, and people are like seeing their kids sprout like tentacles out of their face and people are Dude, it like the spread. Yeah, I mean, it was just like, mm-hmm. it was so gnarly. And I mean, and it's and it's been kind of a nice thing that, you know, Valiant said, hey, you know, this isn't going to be that much of a superhero book. It's going to be a horror take on Shadow Man. And I do feel like they've really lived up to the billing on that because the it definitely has kind of been that type of book, you know, especially with those kind of visuals. Yeah, I'm a really big fan of that. I'm really glad that um, they've held super firm on making this a horror version of shadow man not just and i also want to say that panel where he's like half shadow man half jack that was actually one of my favorite one of my favorite panels in the whole book besides the two-page spread where he is like there were a few two-page spreads but the one in particular that really jumped out at me was the one where um he uh is like drugged and it's those like vibrant colors, kind of like it reminded me of yeah. that recent, um, that recent, the most recent Doctor Mirage book that had those really trippy colors. That's what that one two-page spread reminded me of. It was so fucking cool. Like that, I thought was really awesome. That was my favorite. And that was cool when he says, I'm drifting off, but Kablamming is bringing me back. And it kind of comes back into showing, you know, you know, the, the, the Shadow Man Loa. Of that was a pretty damn cool page, um, you know. Yeah, but you know what though? I like coming back. It does remind me of like the first gruesomeness of Mister Twist when they see him in in that one little piece where there's blood and bodies hanging everywhere, and he's sucking out souls and putting them at his own body. Like so, I, I think it is harvesting a lot on you know at, at that first arc alone with Mister Twist, kind of going to some of that gruesome gore. And, you know, Justin Jordan, Colin Bunn, I think those two guys do it probably the best, so. Yeah. I mean, we've had some good Shadow Man stuff. Diggles was really good. Um, you know, we've had some really good Shadow Man stuff in between. But uh, I, I would actually agree that Justin Jordan and Colin Bunn have done my favorite work on this character so far. Um, and, yeah, like this – so – the end of issue three was mind blowing to me. Like that is a kind oh, that's right before that two page panel on our two page spread that I was talking about. Oh, that's so fucking cool. Um, but uh, last issue was mind blowing to me. That was huge. And then this issue, like, I thought it was so cool. And then we finally find out um, the lady that Shadow Man's been seeing. Uh, spoiler again um, is like the dead side trying to create itself a physical manifestation and it's coming as this woman and um i thought that was really cool baron samedi claims that he doesn't know that was what was happening and uh and then we end we end this book uh and this whole arc on the idea that um just like jack 
has improved himself by accepting his loa and working together and becoming one with his loa he thinks the best thing for the earth is to accept the dead side and become one with it so instead of fighting against each other and having um you know like the dead side bleed through into the earth and all that like and that's a really cool concept so i'm just really curious to see how this is going to play out as we move forward yeah, you know, like that idea of like a physical manifestation of the, of the dead side, uh, focusing like one being, um, I, I like it. I'm behind that idea. You know, I think it's I think it's a, a fresh idea for like Shadow Man and then maybe even for Valiant, you know, just to have like a, a I would imagine it's a villain, you know, just because it kind of has to be with like a lot of the stuff that goes on with it. But it does seem like a really big idea for um, Shadow Man, you know, and I just think it's awesome. I'm, I'm totally digging it. Think and she has, use- a cool line. she has a cool look, you know. Yeah. There's a lot of cool panels of her after Jack uh, confronts her where he just kind of sees her and she's mostly a shadow. I thought those pages were rad, too, where, like, Jack's kind of explaining everything and you just kind of see, like, her silhouette in, in the shadow. I, I yeah. there's some really great visuals there. I, I, I find some, like, things that, like, you know, like, I like about the thought of the dead side being more of this character type of piece, things that I dislike because I do like the elements of the, of the dead side, right? Like it's a place that hasn't completely been flushed out, but it's kind of, kind of flushing it out here. Um, it, it, it is weird. But one of the things that I think would be interesting is what if the dead side is more like an Arkham Asylum type of place that the dead side agrees to kind of like, you know what, we'll agree to give you this. And, and that's what you're going to do for us. You're going to hold this. And that's a good place to keep the big bads versus versus just having them die off and we don't get to see them, that they're put away and then we could kind of run back to them. But I think that's harvesting too much on tropes of, you know, Bat family. Um, but to a degree, maybe to have something to, to have that. I mean, because we know supposedly um, isn't Master Dark in there somewhere, hiding somewhere around there? In theory, yeah, he should be, yeah. What does you know? this do to their rapture when they were talking about like the the life side, right? They had the dead side, and they were trying to poke into the life side with the the tower, right? So where 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 does that all kind of fit in? Is kind of where I question. Yeah, um, because that was a big element of just before the last Diggle Shadow Man was Matt Kent's rapture, right? Um, and that was kind of an element where they were kind of breaking through dead side to break through the life, you know, through where we're at to go to the life side, basically he- held to break through to heaven. Um, yeah, I, I guess there's just a lot. I hope they, I hope it all ties in together. I hope there's some continuity that rips that in. I mean, getting that four pages of, or that four issue book of a uh, rapture to tie into this would make sense. Yeah. I think the, the, the worst thing about this is if you if you read to the end, and uh, you know you see that uh, there was like the commentary at the very end of the book from uh, Colin Bunn, and it's just like that's it for some time, you know, until next year when we get this event or whatever it is that's going to be, and it's a bummer, you know. Like to me, like these books get going. I mean, this isn't necessarily the case. Like EXO, like I, as much as I wish EXO would just continue because it's a it's the flagship character of Valiant. Um, I'd buy the book if it was still just going on, you know, but like, I just feel like this book, it just, it's been good. It's been really good. I've liked it so much. And, 
we're just getting somewhere. So does that mean like we're gonna be waiting a long time for issue five, or does that mean that uh, this was just like a mini series? What the, uh, what the hell do we have in August? We have uh, what do we have? Ninjak and Exo? Is that what is that what August is? I I think so. Yeah, um, so okay. like, like on this one, like this one, like is is hard. It's like when Rye ended. Like Rye was like, mm-hmm. hey, here's this cool ending, and get waiting. <laughs> it's like, come on. We'll be back. Wink, wink. Yeah, and the thing is, like, people. I know, like, a lot of this stuff has to rely on sales. Is so it's going to be a while before things happen. Or right now, I know that there's still there's still lots of dealers with like, or there's lots of issues still with the pandemic and publishing stuff. So I know that stuff's out there too. But it's just like, man, like we were somewhere. Like this was really, really interesting stuff. And, and now I have to wait. And I don't know when I'm going to get more of it. it so this is kind of what I was alluding to earlier. And I don't know if we want to like score the book before we go into like the interview that was after the book. But um, Colin Bunn did say in that, well, I guess it wasn't an interview, but it was like a little blurb or whatever. Uh, written by Colin Bond, just thanking the fans for their support and saying that this is only the beginning and that the way that this is all going to play out is going to impact the Valiant universe at large and that we're going to see more characters. And he kind of alludes to it's not going to be one, two, or three heroes that we see deal with the repercussions of what's happened in this story. It's going to be a lot of these characters and I, he didn't specify any in particular, but I would imagine Punk Mambo, Dr. Mirage, we're going to see a lot of these characters who deal with the dead side in their stories. We're going to see them come together in some way or form. And that I think is what the next big event is going to be. And I know that I kind of have said that in a couple of previous episodes, but I think there's more and more evidence pointing in that direction. Now, is it possible that it's something else entirely? Absolutely. It's entirely possible. There's, big plans that we haven't seen yet that I don't know anything about, but just based on the information in front of us, that is what is really jumping out to me. And that is what I'm, I'm really hoping that it is because this is a really awesome story. I think Colin Bond has shown with the work that he's done in the Valley universe so far that he gets it. And then he understands how to tell a new story with a character while still you know, being in the continuity of the previous stories done by creators before him and how to set it up for new stories that could be told by other creators in the future. So I feel like he's doing a really good job and I really do hope that that's what this leads to. Um, I think there's a lot there that could be amazing stories. So yeah, I mean, I think that's a really cool idea for an event. This is obviously a big enough, like this story is becoming big enough that it could and should involve a lot more characters around the Valley universe. Like the idea that the dead side is a lower riding the earth and it's all coming to a head. If that story is going to play out and Dr. Mirage doesn't get involved, Punk Mambo doesn't get involved, then that whoever wrote that fucked up. So hopefully, hopefully it does end up involving those characters. And we see this play out on a grand scale, get all these characters involved turn it into, you know, another arc of Shadow Man leading into a big event. I know one of the things in the press release was talking about having a big event that spins off into other stories. So, yeah, if we get another arc of Shadow Man that leads into this big event, bringing all these characters together and then spins off into a story with one of those other characters, that to me would feel like we're getting back to the days of the Valiant and Book of Death, which 
from my biased perspective, that was like the golden age of Valiant storytelling was right around the time of the Valiant into the Book of Death. So if that is anywhere near what we get, I'll be a very happy camper. I, I hope with if, if this event thing happens and we get all these forces that um, are going to join up to take on whatever's going on with it, I really hope we get some Eternal Warrior. I really hope we get Tama. Oh. To me, like they're just as big a part of it, you know. I think I think Eternal Warrior, he can go anywhere in the Valiant universe. But to me, I'm really hoping like when this all gets pieced together, bring him back, man. He got to have him around, you know. Just got to have it. Couldn't agree Absolutely. more. Absolutely. What do you guys let's score it up? What are we gonna? What are we rolling with here? Are you let me do number scores, or do we have to do letter grades again? I don't <laughs> give a crap. I give no hex. <laughs> Score it. Um, all right. So, to me, um, I think that the writing on this book is exactly what Valiant should be producing. Like, this is exactly how Valiant books should be written, especially right now when we're all wanting this shared universe. We're wanting continuity. We're wanting, um, you know, things moving forward and building towards bigger things and mattering. This is exactly the writing that we want. So writing spot on art. This is what I want to see when I pick up a Valiant book like this, any comic book for that matter. This is <coughs> the line work is amazing. The character design is phenomenal. The color work is like in the kind of like muted scenes, it fits perfectly. Then you get this like psychedelic stuff and the colors go wild. And it again, fits perfectly. Like in the lettering is just ex like everything flows. You don't have to question like which word balloon am I supposed to read next? Which dialogue or um, 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 voiceover panel or whatever is, is supposed to come next after this. Everything flows perfectly between the art and the captions and the word, the, the the dialogue balloons, everything. I just feel like everything comes together in this issue. It's done so, so well. I think that, um, you know, for me to give something a five, I mean, I'm talking up this book huge, for me to give something a five out of five, there's a certain level of like reading experience that I need. I didn't quite get that out of this, but it was pretty damn close. So I would give this a 4.75 out of five. I think it's just right there at, at almost being the perfect comic book reading experience for me. Um, I'd go a hair lower, um, but I mean, like it was a great issue. Um, 4.5 for me. And kind of like Eric said, like, man, I think like, you know, it's got all the pieces there. I, I think like this is the kind of like Shadow Man that the fans would really like to enjoy, you know? And, uh, you know, one thing we, we've been talking about the colors, you know, and, and Eric had made a comment about um, how much he, this reminded him of the colors on um, that Dr. Mirage series from like a year or two ago. And they're both Jordi Belair, you know, and, and we don't get oh, yeah. the colors that she does, you know? She's and, amazing. Uh, you know, she she just does the best work, man. So it's like the colors are great, lettering's great, everything's just great on this book, you know. But if if we're gonna have a big break, that's a bummer. So uh, yeah, four four point five, great book. Hopefully, we're not waiting too long, and hopefully, you know, we get enough, you know, of the right irons in the fire when it comes back, you know. I'm going to have to start making you guys go last on giving the scores. 4.5, everything you guys just said. Um, yeah. 
can't repeat it. So it's good. Same things. You know, one thing I was just looking up uh, was Comicron's number. Where do you guys think Shadow Man number one scored within Comicron? Like, what rank do you think it was that? Did much? they they went back to putting in the numbers? Yeah. Like, oh man, um, not the sales numbers, but just kind of like the sales ranking. It does not give him more of the numbers much anymore. But like out of three hundred. Yeah. Um, somewhere between like 200, 250. I'd say two twenty. Okay, well, you guys. I thought it would have done better being a number one. Um, it definitely did better than you guys said. It did 135, number 135. Did it really? Um, but do you remember when like Valiant number ones used to be top 50, right? Like sometimes it would break top 10, right? So I- Well, that that's been, that was very, very rare though. Like XO1 under Kent is like the best number one they had. Well, and then Lemire Salvation did pretty damn good. Yeah, but how many uh, of the, but here's, but, but I think like one thing that was, I'm not sure how much, I don't, one thing I've always wondered on this is, and I don't know if this is a thing that Comicron reports. I don't think it is. Um, store exclusives, you know, because I know like that XO1 from Kent had like a shit ton. Of exclusives and i also know that back then like sales team i think i think they had like crazy incentives for crazy buyback know. numbers too yeah so i mean yeah. like i don't know if they can do that now with the pandemic to be like to offer those same kind of incentives to shops yeah yeah it, but that I i'll say what i would never have guessed that it would have been that high really okay yeah. like i said if, if I, th I thought you know it just seems like they haven't been doing that great but shows what i know shows where my faith is sorry guys. issue sorry, number that. three was 232. well yeah that's about what i the industry though you know i mean it's a it's a small publisher you know i mean like that's the thing that sucks about like a lot of this stuff where you know we're like oh these, these how could you not read Shadowman, why would anyone not read this book? Seriously, I think yes. that you know, Min um, didn't even show up in the top 300 here. 250, top well, 250. that just came out. They wouldn't have those, I don't think they'd have that yet, though. Would they, they have for, June. Oh, wait, was that still this month? July. Okay, never mind. That was July, you know, okay, for a week ago. What was so, you know what I mean? Like, I, I think, like, with I think, like, with Shadowman, it's like this is the book that a lot of people should be into. You know, like, I always feel like the, the biggest characters, like, I understand if people don't want to read Harbinger because Pete is a conflicted character and there are things that. You might not be able to wrap your head around, but like, man, Shadow Man's awesome. You know, even if you like, like to me, it was like one of the first characters I got into with Valiant. You know, Bloodshot and Shadow Man and Ninjak, Turok. You know, those were like, like those were like my top four. Like probably when I was first getting into these characters. And uh, I mean, Shadow Man had like Shadow Man Day in Louisiana at one point, and I mean, like they used to have like crazy sales numbers for this character, and it's like more people should read it. You know, more people should give it a chance. I agree. I just think the reason that people, well, not the reason, I would venture to guess that one of the reasons that people aren't reading it as large in numbers as we would hope is that, you know, there has been that, like, disconnect between the books. And I think, like, even if you're not reading every book that Marvel puts out, knowing that the book that you're reading matters means something, you know? Yeah. And I feel like, um, you know, Image has shown that, you know, you can you can do these like standalone books and they'll be good. But a lot of that is just based on, you know, that creator or that creative team and the following that they've built throughout their body of work. 
Whereas, mm -hmm. you know, Valiant isn't Valiant's strength, as much as they get good creators, Colin Bond, John Davis Hunt, Matt Kent, Jeff Lemire, um, you know, all these creators who have worked on Valiant Books, um, so many of them have, you know, followings and are known, but at the same time, like, that's not the driving force for people to pick up these books like it is at Image. The driving force in a shared universe is knowing that the books matter, that they have impact, and that not only are they building on what's come before, but investing your time and buying to this month's issue of Shadow Man means that you're going to be one of the people in the know when the next big thing comes out. That's what I think a lot of people are looking for when they're looking to get into a shared universe, especially when it's small as Valiant, and we just haven't had that. So I think that from a marketing perspective and, and you know, like a new fan generation perspective, I think that moving toward that, you know, focus on the share universe, building toward big events, having the universe all moving in one unified direction. I think all those things are really going to help make it so that, you know, um, the people owning and working in comic shops are going to care about what they're reading when they look at the previews and, um, you know, in the, in the, in the um, early, early release versions and that excitement and, and, and passion for, for the quality that's coming out is going to bleed over to when they're talking to their customers about what new books are on the shelves this week and what's coming out next week and how it leads into next month and three mm -hmm. to six months down the lot, down the road, you know, I don't know. I just think that that is going to make a big difference. You know, so many people came in when the Valiant happened because it was such a big event. So many people came in when Book of Death happened because it was this big event and it had all these repercussions and it led directly into new stories that that, you know, reshaped the characters in the universe. That's what I think that we need from Valiant right now. Yeah. We need to get that vibe of the next big thing again, right? The vibe of the next big thing is really important, especially like you said, with the comic book shop, the, you know, what are we going to sell? The thing that's going to be the next thing people are talking about, because that's what's going to get people to come to stores to buy books. That's what's going to get somebody to put it on their pull list, you know, because it's hard to put, you know, put Shadow Man on my pull list. Three weeks, four months later, it's not on the pull list anymore because it's not on the shelf anymore, right? Um, oh, put Ninjak on the pull list. Four months later, that book is not on the, sh you know, but it's, you know, and then some people have, oh, put Savage up, oh, take Savage off, right? Like that's kind of, that's, that's a big piece is they want the thing that's going to keep people coming back for more. That's going to keep regular buyers, keep the, the pool list, you know, books getting put into the pool list and taken out by the, you know, um, but you said, speak about things that matter. There was a tweet that a person that we love and adore on this channel um, posted saying, I kind of got, you know, I, I don't know the exact words, but got uh, asked to do an event that is not one of the big two. Miko. By Miko Suyan. And then we hear about this event, hoping and thinking and praying that I can do a, you know, one plus two equals three. I'm really hoping that that's the case. That would be yeah. amazing. I totally remember when he posted that on Facebook. He said, um, you know, I just got an email about doing an event and it's not at the big two. Like, that was super exciting to read. And then, like, did you squeak? Did you squeak? 
<laughs> Immediately, I thought maybe it's Valiant, and then we start hearing about Valiant is pushing toward this new big event. So, if we get Nico back on interiors on a Valiant book, and it's a Valiant book that is going to be huge and bring a lot of our favorite characters together, I mean, I can't think of something much better than that. Get Jordi Belair or um, Brian Reber or you know somebody like that. Uh, Dollhouse. I was say, who colors? Who colors Miko normally with Valiant? Is it David Barron? Barron and I think Brian Reber did a bunch of it too. I I want to whoever covered his uh, Joker um, black biz, that Joker that he did on uh, Black Label. That's who I want to do it. <laughs> that was a beautiful book. Who was it that did that? I'm sorry. I'm going to look that up. Oh, gosh. I don't even know who did it. But that color is kind of what I'm hoping for. So, <sighs> But more Miko. Definitely yep. more Miko. So such a great use. I'll just – yeah, Miko's art is just fantastic. It's so – he, he's not a, he's not scared to put a lot of dark colors into it, a lot of black into it, and I think it really creates a lot of depth with his art, and it's just, it's super, yeah, it's hard not to be a fan of Mika's work. So, um, something that, you know, speaking about the future and what's coming down the road, something that Scott um, just pointed out in the chat, um, if you look at the release schedule on Valiant's website, um, for October, it does look like there are three books, three weeks in a row. So um, as we come into August, we're going to get EXO and Ninjak back-to-back weeks. Then as we come into September, we're going to get Ninjak into EXO back-to-back weeks. Then in October, um, in three back-to-back weeks, we're going to get Ninjak, EXO, Harbinger. So, Well, that's good. <laughs> Um, it's going to be Ninjak number four. Now, is Ninjak going to continue beyond number four without a break? Not a clue. So that could be, but maybe that will be the opportunity for November. If there's a break in Ninjak, maybe November will be the opportunity to bring Shadow Man back and start building toward next year. Because you think about it, if you've got Shadow Man number five in November, six in December, seven in January, eight in February, March has typically been a really big month for Valiant. March could be the kickoff of whatever Shadow Man. You know, it, it, I'm, I've got this whole thing in my head that Shadow Man is what's going to lead into the big event. Is that what's going to happen? We don't know. But if it does, and that sign seems to be pointing in that direction, if it does, that is a possibility. If we go November, December, January, February with the next arc of Shadow Man, boom, March hits, event title insert here, Number one, that could be really big for March and, you know, kind of kick off what's really going to happen in 2022 for the Valiant line. So uh, obviously tons of speculation there, but that would be really exciting. Yeah. Crossing fingers for sure that we're going to get three in October. Um, You know, I know that uh, con season's now starting again. Um, March has always been notorious for a month of a big launch but that was typically because of C2E2 and Emerald City were typically March, but Emerald City's coming in December this year um, if Delta variant doesn't do something to stop that. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Hopefully, uh, 
hopefully it continues and we get some something and it continues to happen to be pretty cool. Um, I would love for March, um, May, June, July, but the sooner the better. Um, but as long as they get this event right, because this is going to be, this might be a lot of people's last chance, right? Or their last, their last hope type of thing that they're given. So um, to really yeah. make sure Valiant gets it right. And I think they really need to, they need to pull one off here, right? They need to, you know, they need to really stick it and they need to uh, have something special, right? And uh, my idea, if it is what you're saying, the Shadow Man um, event-ish, and it's coming off of this, you know, one of the best book, best events that have happened has been The Valiant. But I just think keeping with that piece, The Dead Side. Oh, Yeah? Ooh. <laughs> Just simple, straightforward, catches it. I don't know. The dead side. Because it that's the uh, event that's happening. Would, that's what's that's what's at event, right? Or yeah. Dude, I would totally buy the dead side number one and have it be this like big ass book with, you know, I'm obviously hoping for Ninjack because I loved um Operation like, Dead Side. Yeah. And um but yeah, so like Shadow Man, uh Punk Mambo, Dr. Mirage, Ninja. They're, they're welcome yeah. to be in the dead side. Yeah. Bring everybody. I mean, I would like a little EXO, EXO to be there and like holding up, you know, some of these bleaks and some of these things trying to come into the earth. Like, you know, having, you know, just a big touch of it, right? Obviously, Eternal Warrior, right? And, Eternal you know, Warrior. I, I'm missing me some 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 arm and uh, an archer, right? Like, I, I need some archer and Armstrong in my life, you know? But I think if you do the right event and get it the touched right, where you get a lot of characters involved, you know, base it off the Valiant, right? Is have that happen, have a lot of things that could turn out with it. That's where I think you see a dead side or a dead side, a event book do well is when it can produce good start. Like it's a good rebirth of the, you know, rebirth, reborn. Right. I mean, even that, right? Bloodshot Reborn, right? Produced out of the Valiant. You know, just some awesome starting points for things to come. Luckily, Shadow Man had Rapture to do that, right? To a degree. Um, and that's where Diggle's ran started. But I'm hoping we get something similar, but even a bigger event, bigger connection than that. So, yeah. Could not agree more. I think that's a phenomenal idea that you just presented there. Obviously, it remains to be seen what Valiant has in store for us, but, and we're running wild on speculation, but you know what is really cool to me right now is that we have books and news coming from the company that make us want to speculate on what the next big thing is going to be. Knowing that there's a next big thing, you know, helps us, you know, care about like, where is this book heading? Not just like, Oh, when's this book going to end? And what's the next book that's going to come that's only going to be around for four to eight issues? And then that's going to end. And then there's going to be another book that comes around for four to eight issues and whatever. No, now it feels like there's genuine direction and there's genuine, like, things are building towards something. And, you know, if this book is building toward a big event, like I'm hoping it is, you know, and then that leads into other stories that can build into other events, um, you know. We had, you know, we all talk about the Valiant. I've mentioned the Valiant a million times. Um, you know, that and the way that led into Book of Death 
And I think that you could do that where you have the dead side and then have it lead into another big event with some of the same characters, but some of the other awesome characters and have it, you know, impact their part of the Valiant universe and, you know, continue doing that. Like, you know, the Valiant spun off into Bloodshot Reborn and Bloodshot did, went off and did his own thing. Then Book of Death spun off into Wrath of the Eternal Warrior and um, Galad went off and did his own thing. Like, I don't see any reason why you couldn't do that where the dead side if that's what this next thing is, could spin off into a uh, Dr. Mirage book and she goes off and does her own thing. And then the story from the main, the main story from the dead side continues and then leads into the next big sequel to the dead side where whatever that could be. And um, that spins off into, you know, the next character's book. And then the uh, main part of the story leads into the next big, you know, four, eight months later, whatever. Like I just, having those big culminations of story ha happen relatively consistently two, three times a year where a lot of characters come together and we're seeing, you know, their stories intertwine and then kind of spread back out and then come back together again. You know, that to me, like, is what makes it exciting to be invested in a shared universe and want to know not only what's going on with my favorite character, like for me, it's Bloodshot, you know, I also want to know what's going on with the rest of the universe. As invested as I was in Bloodshot Reborn, I was still insanely excited about Book of Death, even though he wasn't involved, because it came out of the Valiant and it continued that story with what was going on with Galad, what was going on with the rest of Unity, who is this new character that showed up at the end of the Valiant. Like, there's just so many opportunities to do something like that and build the Valiant universe back into something that is worth being fully invested in as a, as a comic book reader, as a, just a fan of storytelling. Yeah. I, I feel like anything I wanted to say, Eric totally said. So, I mean, like I, I share that sentiment, you know, like, you know, honestly the right event could, could bring a lot of, a lot more readers in. And if you, if you do these right, a lot, I mean, these to show so many characters off in those, those like books, like the Valiant. The Valiant had that issue three where like every character was there. To fight the immortal enemy, yeah, you know, and they used to do the one shots with Book of Death and Divinity, uh, the third Divinity series, where it was like Stalinverse, like where you yeah. saw all these characters and how they interact with it. It's like it was just a great way to kind of see, like, okay, if you're in there for the event, if you got sucked in, like, that's maybe maybe that's your first book. They always did a great way of making it so that you can see all the characters. So, yeah, hopefully, hopefully they they shoot their shot really well with this. Yep, hopefully they, they shoot their shot well. That that's that's it. And uh yeah, and so I think, you know, one thing I think that we could look at and maybe down the way, let's think about this. Maybe not do it today, but let's talk about it, see what we think. What do we say if we bring in a creator that we would like to see at the end of every episode? Maybe we think about that later. I, I have one based off of just uh off of the that that seems realistic. That's not like a throwout saying, okay, let's get Tom King or let's get you know Jeff Lemire back. That's you know kind of seems like it's an a, an obtainable get. And hmm. uh, one of those that I got that was based off of the tweets when they announced the new editor was that I saw that said, hey, good job. And somebody I thought that would write a really good Archer and Armstrong, or even Quantum and Woody, but I want to see Archer and Armstrong would be David Pepos. Yeah. Right, he did Spencer and Locke. He's done going to the chapel, the Oz, 
I think he recently did an Aftershock book. Um, but, you know, I'm hoping that we get some new new blood, some new creators in there that are, you know, people know who, da- who David is. You know, he's done had some really good successful creator own. Um, hopefully something like that happens where we get somebody in there that might just hit the right vibe. So, yeah. as well as Tom Taylor. <laughs> so. Fair enough. And we get Brent Absolutely. Peoples helping out, right? Brent Peoples. Yeah. And Brent Peoples and Elliot come back. And... Yeah. <laughs> Rock and roll, guys. Well, it's been a fun show. It's been good to talk comics with you guys as always, and especially yeah. Valiant Comics. And I hope you guys get some, uh... yeah, all that Valiant stuff, and you keep it, and you stay it, and you do all the fun stuff. Yeah, thanks for anybody watching, listening live. Obviously, Scott hanging out with us as always, and um, definitely value anyone else who wants to join us live and uh, add their voice to the conversation. Um, and uh, if you're watching or listening to this after the fact, we definitely appreciate you as well. Um, and uh, hopefully, you know, if the opportunity presents itself, you can join us on a future episode when we uh, broadcast live. And like I said, have your voice added to the conversation. We love hearing what you think of the books that are coming out and your thoughts on what could be coming next. Um, you know, and also just want to say thank you to the awesome people at Valiant. Um, I think this week I've spoken to two different people who work at Valiant and, you know, sometimes it's more than that, you know, people, they're really friendly people who will reach out to the, the fans that are supporting them. And, um, you know, I just, I just definitely appreciate that about Valiant. I'm really excited to see where things go in the future. So thanks to everybody supporting us, supporting Valiant and, um, um, Onward to episode 200. That's coming. Five more. Mm-hmm. Five moss. And it will be big. The big two. Big two.